The Wild Robot by Peter Brown Chapter 27 The Gosling Something was happening inside the goose egg. Tap, 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 crunch. A tiny bill poked through the eggshell, peeped once, and continued crunching away. The hole grew bigger and bigger, and then, like a robot breaking from a crate, the hatchling pulled himself out into the world. He lay quietly in his nest with his eyes closed, surrounded by chips of broken shell. And when his eyes slowly winked open, the very first thing he saw was the robot looking back. Mama! Mama! peeped the gosling. I am not your mother, said the robot. Mama! Mama! I am not your mother. Food! Food! The gosling was hungry. Of course he was. So using her friendliest voice, Roz said, Would you like to eat, little darling? Food! was the only response. The hatchling was far too young to be helpful. Roz needed to find a grown goose. So she scooped up the nest with the gosling inside, placed it on her flat shoulder, and marched through the forest searching for geese. Chapter 28. The Old Goose Ordinarily, the forest animals would have run away from the monster, but they were awfully curious why she was carrying a hatchling on her shoulder. And once Roz explained the situation, the animals actually tried to help. A frog pointed Roz up to the squirrels. A squirrel recommended that she speak with the magpies. And then a magpie sent them over to the beaver pond. The ground grew soggier and the grass grew taller, and soon the robot and the gosling were looking across a wide murky pond. Dragonflies buzzed through the reeds. Turtles sunned themselves on a log. Schools of small fish gathered in the shadows, and there, floating in the center of the pond, was an old gray goose. A very good morning to you, the robot's friendly voice boomed over the water. I have an adorable little gosling with me. The goose just stared. I am in great need of your assistance, said Ross. Actually, the gosling is in need of your assistance. The goose didn't move. Food, peeped the gosling. Food, food. That tiny voice was more than the old goose could hear. And he began gliding across the pond and squawking to the robot. What are you doing with a hungry hatchling? Where are his parents? There was a terrible accident, said Roz. It was my fault. This gosling is the only survivor. There was a terrible accident. Why does your voice sound so cheerful? The goose flapped his wings. Are you sure you didn't eat his parents? I am sure I did not eat his parents, said Roz, returning to her normal voice. I do not eat anything, including parents. The goose squinted at the robot. Then she said, do you know who his parents are? I do not know. Well, they must belong to one of the other flocks on the island, because nobody in my flock is missing. Will you take my gosling? I most certainly will not, squawked the goose. I can't take in every orphan I see. You say this is your fault? It seems to me that it's up to you to make things right. Mama, Mama, peeped the gosling. I have tried to tell him that I am not his mother, but he does not understand said the robot. Well, you'll have to act like his mother if you want him to survive. There was that word again, act. Very slowly, slowly the robot was learning to act friendly. 
Maybe she could learn to act motherly as well. You do want him to survive, don't you? said the goose. Yes, I do want him to survive, said the robot. But I do not know how to act like a ro- like a mother. Oh, it's nothing. You just have to provide the gosling with food and water and shelter. Make him feel love, but don't pamper him too much. Keep him away from danger and make sure he learns to walk and talk and swim and fly and get along with others and look after himself. And that's really all there is to motherhood. The robot just stared. Mama, food, said the gosling. Now would probably be a good time to feed your son, said the goose. Yes, of course, said the robot. What should I feed him? Give him some mashed up grass. And if a few insects get in there, all the better. Roz tore several blades of grass from the ground. She mashed them into a ball and then dropped the ball into the nest. The gosling shook his tail feathers and chewed his very first bites of food. By the way, my name is Loudwing, said the goose. Everyone already knows your name. What's the gosling's name? I do not know. The robot looked at her adopted son. What is your name, gosling? He can't name himself, squawked Loudwing. And then, with a loud burst of wing beats, the goose fluttered up from the pond and landed right on Roz's head. The water streamed down the robot's dusty body as Loudwing leaned over the nest. Oh dear, he certainly is a tiny thing, said Loudwing. He must be a runt. I'll warn you, Roz, runts usually don't last very long, and with you for a mother, it'll take a miracle for him to survive. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. However, the gosling still deserves a name. Let's see here. His bill is an unusually bright color. It's actually quite lovely. If I were his mother, I'd call him Bright Bill. But you're his mother, so it's up to you. His name will be Bright Bill, said Roz as the goose fluttered back to the water. And we will live by this pond where he can be around other geese. I will find us a big sturdy tree. You will do no such thing. The goose flapped her wings. A tree is no place for a gosling. Bright Bill needs to live on the ground like a normal goose. Loudwing sized up the robot. I suppose you two will need a rather large house. You better speak with Mr. Beaver. He can build anything. He's a little gruff at times, but if you're extra friendly, I'm sure he'll help you out. And if he gives you trouble, remind him that, remind him that he owes me a favor. The Wild Robot by Peter Brown Chapter 29 The Beavers Every day, the beavers swam along their dam, inspecting and repairing it. The wall of wood and mud allowed only a trickle of water to pass through, and it had turned a narrow stream into the wide pond that many animals now called home. As Roz and Brightbill walked along the pond, they passed hundreds of chewed-up tree stumps, proof that the beavers needed a constant supply of wood, and this gave Roz an idea. The robot swung her flattened hand, and the sounds of chopping wood echoed across the water. They were soon replaced by the sounds of footsteps and shaking leaves as the robot carefully walked along the river dam with a gosling on her shoulder and a freshly cut tree in her hands. The beaver floated along beside in their lodge and stared at the bizarre sight with open mouths until Mr. Beaver slapped his broad tail on the water, which meant, Stop right there! 
the robot stopped. Hello, beavers. My name is Roz, and this is Bright Bill. Please do not be frightened. I am not dangerous. She held out the tree. I have brought you a gift. I thought perhaps you could use this in your beautiful dam. No, thanks, said Mr. Beaver. I have a strict policy. Never accept gifts from a month. Don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous, interrupted Mrs. Beaver. We can't let a perfectly good birch go to waste. I'm afraid I must insist, said Mr. Beaver. Mrs. Beaver turned to her husband. Remember how you asked me to point out when you're being stubborn and rude? Well, you are being stubborn and rude. Then she turned to Roz. Thank you, monster. If you'd be so kind as to drop the tree in the water, we'll take it from there. I am not a monster. Roz tossed the tree like a twig. I am a robot. The tree smacked against the water and sent the beavers bobbing up and down. Just then, Brightbill started peeping. Mama, hungry! So Roz dropped a ball of grass into the nest. That gosling thinks you're his mother, came a quiet voice. It was Paddler, Mr. and Mrs. Beaver's son. His real mother is dead, said Roz, so I have adopted him. There was a brief silence. Then Paddler looked up at Roz and said, You're a very good robot to take care of, right, Bill? Mr. Beaver sighed. Yes, yes, that's very good of you, Roz, but I don't understand what any of this has to do with us. My son and I need a home. Mr. Loudwing said you would help us build one. Of course she did, Mr. Beaver muttered to himself. Loudwing gets me out of one lousy jam and I spend the rest of my days doing her favors. Mrs. Beaver glared at her husband. Sorry, he said. Stay right there, Roz. We need to have a family meeting. The three beavers slipped under the water, and a moment later, their muffled voices could be heard inside the lodge. The robot stood on the dam and patiently waited with her son. Mama, Mama. Yes, Bright Bill, I am trying to act like a good mother. A ripple, and Mr. Beaver's head appeared above the water. If you bring us four more trees, good healthy ones, maybe I'll have time to help you and the gosling. That is wonderful, said the robot. We will be right back.